Go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark. What book did I say? The book of Mark. I want to look at Mark and we're going to go to Mark chapter 4. What chapter did I say? Mark chapter 4. And I want to read from verse 35 through 40. And you know, this is part 3 of our Unbothered series. Part 3. This week, I want to talk about uh, being unbothered by fear and anxiety. And I believe this is something that we all deal with. Uh, And so if you will, Mark chapter 4. Are you there? Fantastic. Here we go. Uh, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, speaking of Jesus, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they looked, they uh, took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep. Somebody say Jesus was asleep. He was, oh, so that's what we say in the States. People, people is sleep. But he was asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said, Peace. Everybody say two fingers. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, and fear there more in terms of reverential fear and honor. Who then is this? that even the wind and the seas obey him. So listen, fam, uh, I I don't got much time today, so I'm going to jump right in. This week was a really challenging week uh, for me, as my wife was sharing, not only uh, because the mandem had bubble gut, uh, but also because of the fact that, you know, I had, I'm by God's grace, I have not had any speeding or parking tickets in years and years and years, probably over a decade, right? And so it's just nuts. I mean, I know I'm not the only person that has this type of stuff happen to you where something will not happen for a really long period of time. And then suddenly out of no one, no, out of nowhere, it just starts happening in clusters. Right. And so I'm not the only person then. So, you know, I was in a scenario where I haven't gotten a parking ticket, speeding ticket, nothing in a very long time. And so, you know, uh, as recently I was I was doing a program uh, a ministerial program and I had to do and I and, and I was responsible I was the keynote I was responsible and what ended up happening is because of the 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 rammed nature of the program I had to I had to park in a place right that I was only allowed to park there for a certain amount of time and so because it was so important and I had to make sure that I was there, I, uh, the car was parked there and, you know, and it was there for longer than I expected. And so as you can imagine, when the mandem came back, guess what was on the windshield? A ticket, a parking ticket. This one was just $50. Somebody say $50. So I was like, you know, I was Ben. And I'm like, man, this is $50, fam. This is nuts. I don't, I'm not even out here balling like that. You know, to be to be just paying, wasting $50, right? I'm already paying taxes. And so, anyway, so I said, you know what? Okay, I'm just going to keep it. I took the ticket, put it in the car. And then, you know, I left and, and I went. 
And later that weekend, I believe, my family and I, we were out and, you know, we had gone shopping at Walmart and we left Walmart. And as we came out of Walmart, I remembered in the moment, babe, I turned to my wife. I'm like, babe, we needed some uh, wraparounds. You know those wraparounds? I don't don't think you, elastics or the hair ties. We grew up calling them wraparounds. I don't know. But anyway, one of those. And so we're like, we need those. I'm not going to tell you if they were for me or not. Uh, but we sent my wife. I said, babe, can you run back inside and grab some uh, wraparound, some hair ties and bring them out? And she goes, oh, yeah, I know exactly where they are. I'm just going to go in real quick and come out. So I was waiting off at the side and my wife comes back out not too long later. So I drove around. Right. And I stopped in front of the, the Walmart doors like most people do. Right. And I wait for her. And, you know, there's always a lineup all on the side of the building there. And so I wait. And my wife, she comes out really fast. She jumps in the car. And and I'm like, and we're getting ready to go. I just look in my rearview mirror. Right. And, you know, and I see this waste you. Right. In a in a in a in a van like this Babylon like van. Right. Who's all behind me. And the guy, watch this. He doesn't, no offense to any police officers. I love you. God bless you. Thank you for your service if you're here today. Uh, so anyways, look, I'm looking in the rearview mirror and, you know, the guy is just there. He doesn't come out of the car. He doesn't put on any lights. He doesn't do anything. And I'm not thinking anything of it because I'm not stopping or doing anything crazy. I'm just picking up my wife and then we're, we're moving on. So in that moment, she gets in and we drive off. Yo, fam, would you believe... That later that week, right, I get a ticket in the mail. And look at this. Not only is it, it's not $50. It's not $100. It's not $150. But wait, there's more. It's not $200. The ticket is $250. And would you believe that this man not only said that I parked in a fire lane but he also put on there to make matters worse that i drove away from the police so i'm like hold up a second fam you didn't even put on a signal the man didn't even get out of their car you didn't even do as much as a wave to let me know that something was going on or anything i stopped for two seconds and bimmed and you're talking about i drove off so as you can imagine i was uh i was not a little upset about that and so in that moment, I'm thinking, I'm like, babe, this is nuts. Like, and you know, most of us, we never are going to go out of our way. Trust me, I'm going somewhere. We don't go out of our way. When stuff like that happens and comes our way, we usually just accept it. And most of us, some of you, you're like, no, I'm, I'll probably go and do something about it. But a lot of us, we, we're too lazy and we're like, you know what, okay, I probably just did something or whatever. And we will send it in and we accept it oftentimes. And as a result, we end up being out of pocket money that we were not expecting to spend. Who's with me on this morning? And so I decide, I'm like, you know what, babe? Since we're talking about Miracle May, I just say, you know what, babe? I, I, I don't believe that these are justified. I want to make sure that I go down and I'm at least going to take a shot. Oh, come on, somebody. You're, you're not going to give me a ticket and talk about I drove away without me being able to open up my mouth and say at least something. 
So I went downtown. I decided I carved out the time. That, you know, they charged me, obviously, to park down there because, you know, they don't, they're making it as difficult as possible for you to be able to get in there. Come on, somebody. But the $6 that it cost me to park was nowhere in comparison to the $300 that I was about to be out. So I said, you know what? I'm at least going to give it a shot. I went into the place. Who's still with me this morning? I went in there and I, you know, I went to the man and the guy at the window, he was not having anything, fam. He was cussing people left, right, and center. He wouldn't even let, he was like, that's dumb. Why would you park there? So you chose to park in the place that said, don't park there. Go wait over there. Like he was just not having it at all. And so I'm in queue and I'm like, oh man, what is this man about to say to me, fam? And so I show up, he wasn't as, he wasn't as mean to me. But he told me, he's like, give me the, uh, give me, uh, here is the, the, what do you call it? These forms. You fill out these forms and you, you write your, your, your stuff. And so I'm like, okay, here, here goes lawyer G. Andrew Beresford. I'm sitting here and I'm coming up with my arguments and I'm like, well, this is this and that is that. And that's the reason why this happened and such and such and such. And, you know, and all this, and I'm going off on my little descriptions and stuff. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, okay, you know, I, when I get up here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that I let them know what it is that transpired. So I, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, you know, you get the tickets and I see the light flash and I'm looking and I'm like, oh man, it's not my time. And so I, I waited for a little bit longer and finally they called me. So I go up to the window and I told the lady, I said, hey, um, you know, she says, hold on. She's processing the paperwork. I wrote on the first ticket, I'm clergy. And so uh, I was at a, a clergy function, something I needed to do, performing duties. And consequently, I had to park there and it took longer than I expected. Uh, that's what I wrote on the paper. She didn't even ask me my story. She goes, Where's your, do you have a clergy card? Do you have some sort of identification? Took out my clergy card, put it on the desk. She goes, uh, she signed something, passed it to me. Uh, this ticket is resolved. You don't owe anything, right? That's the $50 one. So I'm like, okay. All I needed, I was in the right. I didn't have to argue. I didn't have to raise my voice. All I had to do was show the right identification. Oh, I'm just building this up. I hope y'all see where I'm going. And as a result, the ticket was thrown out. So then the next one, I'm like, oh, I know I'm going to have to put in some effort for this one. This is a $250 ticket. They're like, we can give you the discount of $50, but we're going to make sure you pay this $250, fam. And so I'm standing there and I'm getting ready. The woman again. She does the thing or whatever. I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, uh, before you, you, you look at all that, please just let me, let me give my explanation. Get, let, let me give my explanation. She goes, hold on. She, she photocopies the thing again, does the thing. I see her looking at some stuff on the computer. She was like, sir, you don't even need to explain yourself. The officer, he actually gave you an infraction or, a, or a, a citation for being in a fire lane. I just looked up where he said that you were in a fire lane and you weren't even in a fire lane because there's no fire lane there. This ticket is thrown out. You don't even need an explanation. Oh man, I showed up to tell somebody that as long as you know who you are, come on somebody, come here ID. And as long as you know whose you are, that sometimes you think you need to explain your way. As my dad says, sometimes we muscle away our right. Come on, somebody. But in that moment, I didn't even have to explain myself. Come on. Because God was behind it. And even though that officer tried to get in a place where he was going to charge me something that would put a major strain on my finances at the moment, I knew who I was and whose I was. And consequently, I just had to stand still and God fought it for me. But the thing is, I had to show up to the battle. 
I could have just said, I'm going to stay home. Y'all aren't even... Could stay home, and I probably, you know, I probably was off of it. I probably was off my game. I shouldn't have parked there. Come on, somebody. Oh, well, you know, this is just the way life goes. It's just the way stuff goes. But God compelled for me to go down there. Can I testify? And as a result of showing up to the fight, I saw God come through in a way that I didn't. I was just looking for a discount, but I got it completely resolved and thrown out are you still with me today and so this unbothered series we've been talking about the fact that God has called us to live unbothered lives and it doesn't mean that we're carefree or that we're careless or that we don't care about people and or what's going on in the lives of other people but watch this we care more about what God has called us to and what God has available for us we care more about that than we do what we're going through or those who are in our lives and I don't know about you but I'm not about to let any wicked machination of the devil no diabolical plot or scheme stop me from walking out what it is that God has called me to come on somebody I wonder if there's anybody in this place that you're saying you know what I want every single thing that God has for me and I'm not letting him I'm not letting the devil rob me of my peace I'm not letting the devil rob me of my joy Jesus died so I can have it come on somebody and yeah there are things that happen in my life that are unfortunate but if God says I can be strong I want that strength devil you can't have it if he says if God says that I can have peace I want that peace devil you can't have it look at this so we're unbothered I want you to understand this because some of you 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 know you I I, I might be throwing some of you a surprise party but point number one because I don't have uh, much time is this God's presence it will be on the screen for you God's presence doesn't nullify potential problems God's presence here we find this story of the disciples and what they're doing is they are walking with Jesus and experiencing the miraculous with Jesus and then look the Bible says in the text verse 35 on that day when evening had come in verse in chapter 4 of Mark verse 35 he said to them let's go to the other side that's where Jesus gives them direction and then the Bible says in leaving the crowd they took him with them in the boat so so they didn't just go on the boat by themselves but they took Jesus with them Jesus was now in the boat with them who's with me but even though Jesus was in the boat, come on, even though Jesus was present there in their situation, there still were problems that end up happening in the story. I want you to understand that problems come especially when you're trying to do what's right. And some people in here, you feel like if you get all of your ducks lined up in a row or if you get all your T's crossed or your I's dotted, that that is going to disqualify you from problems. But I hear Paul tell his son in the gospel, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, he says, those who seek to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. So newsflash, our following God does not disqualify you from experiencing problems in your life. And some of you are ready to throw in the towel because of what you've been experiencing. But I'm here to tell you that oftentimes as you get closer to the Savior, your, your issues and your imperfections are magnified. Come on somebody. And God reveals stuff in his presence. He brings out areas of your life that you need developing in or he brings out areas of 
areas of your life that you may not have even known that you needed him in because you thought that you were good in that area but the situation brought it out and showed you that you actually were weaker than you thought you were and he doesn't do this to punk us but he does it to show us the areas that we need to grow and so being godly and having God in your life does not nullify you for and you know some of us you're in a position where you're like I get it I thought that you know we, we understand that doing bad stuff more than likely is going to have a bad result but especially but isn't it weird that the, and, and, and the fact is yes that is the case you know and some of y'all who got away you're operating in the season of getaway and so the only reason that stuff hasn't happened to you because you haven't reaped based upon what you sowed is because you just had a little getaway season come on somebody you want some bonnie and clyde stuff but even their story ends up tragic but the fact of the matter is that there's another scenario where when you're doing what's right, when you're following after God, I wonder if I have any witnesses that you started to pray more. Come on. You start to seek God. It's like, I'm going to go to church, you know, at least twice this month. Before it was only on Christmas and Easter, I'm trying to start at least twice. Jesus, I can't do all four yet, but I'm trying to graduate to four. I'm going to start at two. And it seems as as soon as you added or intensified, that it seems like the all hell starts to break loose in your life. But I wonder if there's anybody that knows today that even if all hell breaks loose, the best way to go through problems is with Jesus in the boat. Oh, y'all don't even. Are you hearing me on this morning? And so the problem, God's presence does not nullify potential problems. Here we go. And so watch this. So be, Jesus is in the boat with them. And what ends up happening is that they are, Jesus is asleep in the boat. And while suddenly out of nowhere, the Bible says the winds and the waves started raging. Have you ever felt like that was the case in your life? This week, it really felt like that in my life, where it just seemed like from every which way, including these parking tickets, I was down there. I didn't even I forgot to provide you with the fact that the bubble gut was still going on when I was down in the ticket line trying to fight these tickets. And so it was like just compounded in this moment with with what was going on. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, that this happened to them while they were on the boat and Jesus had told them, let us go to the other side. And so the fact is that because Jesus gave them that declaration before they got in the water, no matter what was happening in between the shore and them getting to the other side, they needed to know and stand assured that they were going to make it to the other side. And many of you, you have allowed what has happened in your life to hinder you from your trust in God and you're walking in a place of crippling fear and anxiety. I hear you, Lord. And you're walking in a place where you feel like throwing in the towel because the storms and the waves have come after you've heard what God has said to you. But I'm here to tell you, even at the end of the story in the book of Luke, which we learned last week, I'm not even going to turn there, but at the end of the story where God miraculously tells Mary that she is going to have a baby at the end Elizabeth declares and she says blessed is this person speaking of Mary who uh, who has has believed the Lord and he says there shall be a performance of what God has said in her life Oh, and I just showed up to let somebody know today. I don't know what has showed up in between the promise that God made to you. Come on, somebody. And you making it to that promise. But I'm here to tell you on this morning that if God said it, there shall 
be a performance. In fact, I just kick it old school. Kick it King James with me. Look at your neighbor and tell him there shall be a performance. Come on, there, 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 there shall be a performance and so the fact of the matter is that the disciples when they're in the boat in this moment uh, the bible says that you know they wake up they wake jesus up uh, because they are frightened they are frightened and they are afraid by the storm that is going on right and this is why they start freaking out and jesus goes he goes they go wake jesus up because jesus is asleep have you ever felt like jesus is you believe in god but it seems like Jesus is sleeping in the middle of the storm. Do you ever feel, and maybe I'm the only one. Have you ever prayed and you felt like your prayers were just hitting the ceiling? Have you ever sought God and you're like, God, I'm in the middle of this thing and I'm going to crumble. And you feel like you can't make it beyond where you are at that moment. It seems like Jesus is unresponsive. And, you know, can I even just tell you this? Number, number two, here's point number two for you. Uh, here it is. Point number two. Sometimes our anxiety is not attached to a disbelief in God's ability but rather a quandary around if he'll do it for us this time. So Jesus is in the boat. They have already seen him do the miraculous. Maybe I'm the only person that's ever been in this place. But you've seen God do stuff before. So the issue, the fear and anxiety is not around the fact that he's unable to do it. It's not about whether he's able to do it or not. But you're wondering, I know that he did it before, but is he going to do it this time? Anybody ever been there? Is he going to, I know that he helped me make it through hard times before and strengthened me through the loss of a loved one. Or he paid my bills when I was uh, lacking funds and I had more month than money. But is he going to come through this time? Uh, somebody say this time, this time, you know, and so this is the way that it is. And many of us, we experience this anxiety and fear because we're, watch this, oftentimes we're, we're living, sometimes we're living in the realm of, I thought you said. There are many of us who thought that Jesus said certain things, but he may have been saying it to someone else. Sometimes we read scriptures and we claim scriptures uh, on our behalf that are completely out of context. You said in your word that everywhere the foot soles of my feet tread that they are mine. And you walk up on some $10 million house. Y'all ain't hearing me on this morning. And you're like, you, you pull out your Bible and you say it with your churchiest voice. Ha, you said, God, ha, that everywhere ha, I put my feet, God, that the soles of... Who was he talking to? Are you reading that scripture in context? And so oftentimes... You ever dealt with your kids... And you told them something and they and you say, yeah, Billy, you can go outside and play. Uh, you can go outside and play, but you got to come back in by 5 p.m. And then he shows up at seven o'clock and he's like, I thought you said. I thought you said that I could stay out until seven. Maybe I'm the only parent in the house that's experienced. I, I thought you said realm. And there are many of us that you think you thought God said something. And as a result, that's why it's important. As, as Paul tells Timothy, study to show yourself approved. Come on, somebody, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's time for the church not just to show up on a Sunday and hear what I'm saying and take it as gospel truth. But you need to be like the Bereans in Acts 17 to go home and actually study the Bereans. There were individuals that they heard what the apostles teach. And the Bible says that they 
went and they studied day and night to make sure that what they were saying was actually in the word. And we live in a generation that's facing a lot of disappointment. And the reason why is because you've been living in the realm of I thought you said, but God never said it to you. And not only this, you know, but, I, but, it, but, but you know, that's the issue be, behind some of it. But sometimes, sometimes, sometimes when you are in this position and you know and you're wondering, I want you to remember that the same way that God has done it before. If God said that he will do it, you can take it to the bank. I just came with some encouragement for somebody. I know that you're in a position where you're feeling depressed. I know that you're in a position, come on, where you feel like all hope is lost. But I want to let you know on today that the fact of the matter is that God is able to do it and watch this sometime he might say no to the thing that you're asking but say yes to another promise oh man I want to help somebody today sometimes he might say no to the to the to the bill collectors throwing the bill out the window but he'll say yes to being a provider because you put him first and so he'll show up and give you the money to pay the bill and it doesn't even mess with your bank account Oh my, I want to help somebody in here today because you're tripping because God might have said no to you because of the storm that's in your life. But I'm here to tell you that even though he might say no in one area, oftentimes he's going to say yes in another that will give you the strength to be able to make it through what it is that you're facing. Somebody give God praise. And can I tell you this? It doesn't tell us theologically when it is that they were, how far they were away from the other side. But I would imagine, I love how the theologians, I love how the scripture, uh, how the scriptures leave this kind of a, some ambiguity around the story because it allows for our sanctified imagination. I can see them. They're on the shore. How many of you know uh, they're on there and they're sick, sipping something virgin, right? Uh, and so they're on there and they're on their way. Yes, we, we in church, so we'll keep it there. Uh, and so, you know, Jesus hadn't yet turned the water into wine. Uh, so, you know, that that's why that was the case. And so anyways, they're going and they're on the water and they're having a, a blast on the water. And they're all the way almost to the other side. And then suddenly, you know, they've been cool. I don't know how long the journey was. I don't know how long it was for them until they got to the other side but it was pretty crazy in that moment uh, that they were almost there and suddenly out of nowhere the winds pop up can i give you point number three here it is fear and anxiety are often the thickest when we're right around the corner from our breakthrough Oh man. See, for some of you, you've been, have you ever been in that place where you've been able to wait for a long period of time? But then when you're a few days away, let it be your wedding day. And you're able to wait and you got the time and you're planning and you're doing your stuff or I don't know, whatever type of an event that it may be. And oftentimes it's right when you get those few days away from what's getting ready to happen that you the, the anxiety and the and the fear start to get the thickest in your life. Man, I'm here to tell you because the devil, some of you, you're wondering, you've been waiting for a long time and you've been cool and you've been content. Come on, somebody. And you've been in a place where you haven't been anxious and you've been holding out for a while. And then suddenly out of nowhere, fear and anxiety just show up and you start panicking. As my wife said last weekend, how out of nowhere she was paralyzed by fear and anxiety. 
And we're like, how or why? Why is this going to happen? Little did we know that we were in a place of breakthrough. Come on, somebody. We literally were around the corner from getting this building and we didn't even have a clue. But this fear and anxiety often comes. I want to show up and tell somebody you are being faced by fear and you are being faced with anxiety. But don't give in because more than likely, come on, somebody, the, the way that the devil is attacking you is just indicative of the fact that you are just around the corner I wonder if there's anybody that believes it you are just around the corner from a breakthrough man I feel like prophesying in here to about 12 folk come on somebody did you hear what we just testified about earlier today I believe that there are people in here that the devil's been at your neck for the past few weeks and you've been feeling like quitting but I just declare a suddenly in your life I believe that just around the corner if you were to hang in there that there's breakthrough here for you somebody give God praise look at this up to I didn't listen when we made that big news announcement and we sent out that weekly email that we do we did that by faith because we had not yet signed and completely signed the deal are y'all with me and so what ends up happening is we're putting this thing out there by faith and we didn't even finish signing the deal because you know what had happened was we had signed and then there were some obstacles that popped up in the middle after we had signed you ever been in that place where it feels like you know you already made it past the, the thing that you know the brunt of it and then suddenly out of nowhere you think it's all good and dandy and fun and fine and then suddenly something will just pop up that may challenge what it is that God said Am I the only person that's ever been there? You, can I even tell you how crazy it is? Let me tell you how crazy it is. It was so crazy that I already had the keys, but the deal still wasn't done. Oh man, I want to help somebody. And so on Friday, because it got ended up, we ended up signing and completing everything uh, by yesterday. Literally, the day before today, in the evening time, is when we signed the final piece of everything. Because there was something that was that we were waiting on that was to come through. And I when I tell you, oh man, when I talk about practicing what I preach, and when I talk about being hit with, and that's why I tell people all the time, the messages I preach to y'all, I get them preached to me first. How many of you know that this week I got faced with jealousy on a, in an in a underhanded way? Anybody else? I, I mean, I feel I'm honest enough to say it happened to me this week, fam. Oh, my. It came out of the clear blue. And I was like, oh, I see you, devil. And I mean, it was near and dear type jealousy. And I realized I'm like, nope, I'm going to put to practice what it is that I preach. And in that moment, I felt like quitting because uh, I was there and I was tripping. And I'm like, God, I thought you said this. But this crazy obstacle has popped up in the way. And we already made the big news announcement. What are we going to do? Are we? still gonna show up on sunday i even started coming up with plan b's i always start i already started showing up and i'm like well, i was like babe what are we gonna tell the people maybe we can say this if this doesn't happen if it don't work out and god and this is crazy because god shows me god says while i was standing there and while i'm tripping i sat down at my desk and i was literally about to have a nervous breakdown because i didn't want to stand up in front of y'all and look crazy and then the lord said uh, the Lord says, son, remember, you already got the keys. 
oh my, I don't know who I'm talking to. And so he said, doesn't matter what's getting ready to happen. Doesn't matter about the hindrance that's in your path. You already got the keys. And this was just a sign to you to let you know that that which I said will come to pass. I don't know who I'm talking to in this place. The devil uh, tries to get us to the place where we start doubting even after God has given us the taste test to let us know that he indeed is with us. And so the disciples were in the boat and they're on their way there. They got Jesus in the boat, but they already got a word from the Lord before they got into the boat that they were going to make it to the other side. I don't know who feels like quitting this morning, but I just showed up with a message from glory, some encouragement to throw at you to help you to not throw in the towel. You better just take that towel and wipe the sweat off and throw it down and keep on moving. You better not quit because even though it may seem like God is asleep, if he said it, he it will come to pass. You got the keys. Where has God already shown himself strong in your life? Where has God already done stuff in your life that you started to forget about? Come on somebody because of the stuff that's currently happening. If he said it, go grab the keys and remind yourself that God has promised you and as a result it shall come to pass and look at me isn't it crazy I forgot what God did just earlier that week with that ticket ain't that the way that we do he just threw out $300 worth of tickets and one of them the $50 one had a late fee on it $310 worth of tickets. She even threw out the late fee. And then I show up in front of a next situation and I am faced with another impossible thing and I start tripping, not remembering that I had not only the literal keys, come on somebody, but I also had the the figurative keys of the testimony from earlier that week. Oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. Where are you forgetting about the keys that you already have in your possession? And then can I give you number four? Look at this. Watch this. So Jesus says, and I know I'm three minutes over, uh, but it's okay because we had that big announcement and y'all love me. I'm on the last point. Uh, So look, Jesus shows up. He gets up because he's asleep, right? And look, they say, teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? He awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace. Everybody say peace. peace. Be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Oh my. And then look at what happens. Verse 40. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And then he goes on and they, and look at this. I want to tell you this. Here's point number four. Here's point number four for you. Uh, Watch this. Sometimes God's silence is due to his confidence in what he's equipped you with to handle the test. Oh, look, 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 look. Jesus was asleep in the boat. And look, he wasn't just asleep, but he was asleep on a cushion. And I asked the Lord, I'm like, you know, there's, again, there's ambiguity around certain things. And there's different commentators have different things to say as to why it is that Jesus was asleep in the boat while it was that his disciples were tending to it. But I'm here to tell you, baby, I believe it. As I was seeking Jesus, I heard the Lord say, listen, the reason why I was asleep is because I put everything in them that they needed. Come on, somebody to be able to rebuke the storm for themselves. 
And they didn't recognize the power that they had in their own lives. Come on, somebody. Sometimes it seems like God is silent in your life and you're in a place where you're like, Jesus, where are you? And he says, I was, I'm the same place that I was even before you entered into the test. And the reason why I'm quiet is because the teacher doesn't talk while the test is going on. And before the test, I put in you the power to be able to rebuke the winds and the waves. Y'all ain't hearing me. And some of y'all in this place, you're to the place where you are quiet because and you are tripping and you are in fear and anxiety because of what it is that you are facing. And I showed up to let you know that most times God has already put in you what you need to be able to deal with the storm. Who am I talking to? My Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 that there is no temptation that has taken you that is not common to man but God is faithful who will not suffer or allow you to be tempted above that which you are able and with the temptation or the testing he will make a way of escape for you to be able to bear it and so I don't know what you're facing today it might have been lost come on it, but God I'm here to tell you that God can be your strength come on you got to pull out what God taught you about the fact that he will be your strength I hear Paul say in 2nd Corinthians 12 verse 9 God, God tells him my grace is sufficient for you come on my strength is made perfect in your weakness do I have a witness in this place even in the middle of the storm of where you're in a place of defi- deficiency and you may be in a place where you have more month than money you got to get to a place instead of tripping because you don't hear or because you don't feel because today we're in a place where we're such emotional Christians where well I don't feel God I don't feel since when did God promise you that you're always gonna feel him come on somebody sometimes the teacher's just quiet because he's waiting for you to put to practice Matthew 6 33 but seek me first come on the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things he says don't worry about clothes or food or all of these things that people who are ungodly worry about who am I talking to he says don't you know that if God takes care of the sparrows don't you know that he's going to take care of you he says seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added you and I got to get to the place where when stuff comes up we put to practice what we've been taught where we're unbothered we're unbothered by what it is that we are facing if this message bless you today i want you to go ahead and give god some praise